hear me now and hear me loud. You are not needy. You just have different needs that that man doesn't understand. Go find another man that understands those needs and can provide for those needs. And my soapbox is you are not difficult to love. No. If you are with Mm -mm. someone that makes you feel or tells you, in my case, tells you that you are very difficult to love and that you're lucky, no one else could put up with you, but they're willing to. That isn't healthy. That's not true. When I was growing up, I was always told that I was too much to handle. I was too loud, too opinionated, too demanding, just plain too much. Now, as an adult, I celebrate these qualities within myself and within the women I know. This is a call to action. This is a space to own your too muchness. This is too much to handle. I'm Hannah Cranston, the host of Too Much to Handle. And today I am going to be way too much with my friend, Kate Nichols, who is a comedian and a writer and just an all around badass. Oh, thank you. Hi, Kate. Hi, thanks for having me back on the show. Thanks for coming back. I'm glad I haven't scared you away yet. Oh my gosh, no, I love it here. So you just finished a cross country trip with your dog. Yes, I did. And a little birdie told me that you were rehearsing on the drive home. Oh my God. Yes. I wish I hadn't told you this. Um, I, I was alone. Well, my dog isn't a big conversationalist. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's 40 hours from California to Maryland. Your dog is like when somebody gets in the back of an Uber and they're like, please don't talk to me. Please don't talk to me. Your dog is that person. I know my dog's like so embarrassed by me all the time. Um, so being alone, so that's 40 hours, um, twice, uh, there and back. And I decided that I, uh, was going to perfect a Drew Barrymore impression. Uh, what a great 2019 resolution. I'm really glad. Well, in my, like in the car, it seemed like it was really good. Uh, now I I'm really embarrassed by it. But you have to do it. Okay, okay. So I talk out of the side of my mouth and I go, I was in The Wedding Singer. (laughs) Cameron Diaz is my best friend. And I once gave Adam Sandler a blowjob and a chili is an Antigua. Oh my God. (laughs) Wait, you're so good. Oh my God. That's three truths, two truths and a lie with Drew Barrymore. (laughs) Oh my God. Do you know what I'm going to do from now on is I'm just going to like, I'd be like, you guys on my podcast today is Drew Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. We just won't have video. People are going to think I'm so cool. So. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That was, that was a much better reaction than my dog gave me. And then I did it for my mom. I like burst through the door once I made it to Maryland and she was like, No. (laughs) She wasn't into it. She was not into it. Dogs just like, you know, they're great, but sometimes they just don't get your creative side. Like every time I try to sing to Tucker, he's not having it. (laughs) I don't know why. I think my dog thinks I'm hurt when I sing. Oh, see, I think my dog thinks I'm like trying to torture him. Like I already have him in captivity and this is like unreasonable torture, like cruel and unusual punishment. And he's like, why? Do you ever worry that you have your dog under like Stockholm syndrome and that they don't actually love you? That like you're just- No, I know that. It's not a concern. I know that's the case. You know what I also think about all the time? And I told my boyfriend this and I think that was a moment where he was like, what am I doing here? (laughs) Why am I here? But have you seen the movie? It's, I think it's called like the shaggy dog. It's from when we were like a kid and a person is inside of the dog, stuck inside the dog's body. And so all the time I'm like, 
is there a person in there? Like stuck in my dog's body. And he's like staring at me changing. And I'm like doing like the weirdest, most awful things in the entire world. And this person inside of my dog's body is like, you need help. Oh my God. I can't tell if it would be like a reward or punishment to be one of our dogs, like be reincarnated. I say punishment. I That's a toughie. Because I like shower my dog oh, with love. I, I thought you were going to say you shower in front of your dog. And oh, I was I like, do well, that. that is- yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> That's a reward. No, but I like, I will just like tell him like every moment, like, like let, this morning, I start the morning. This is so weird. I don't know why I'm telling people this, but I start every morning. <laughs> like petting him, you know, like to start mm-hmm. off his day nice, start off my day nice. And then I compliment him on like every part of his body. I'll be like, I love your belly and I love your paws <laughs> and I love your tail. Like, but if people started my day, just like being uh-huh. like, I love your belly. Like that'd be a really nice day. It's <laughs> a really nice day. I always like to tell my dog, like, you are the smartest girl. <laughs> you are kind. Like, I'm you like, I don't want to tell her, I don't want to just tell her that she's beautiful. Like I want her to know that yeah. she's more than, than her beautiful face. When I'm when we're at the dog park and he comes back to me, I say, "You're not a good dog. You're the best dog. <laughs> You're not a good boy. You're the best boy." The I'm like, best. <laughs> "Oh Lord, uh, maybe it's us that are the issues, and our oh, dogs yeah. are just we're complete psychopaths living along with us." Mm-hmm. So sorry, um, but that's okay. They're that's they're very helpful and mm-hmm. loving, especially is my transition (laughs) when maybe we're going through something that's a little difficult. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually get a lot of questions about this on my Instagram and my DMs where people are going through a hard time. And oftentimes it's a breakup and they're Mm -hmm. asking how to get through it, how to get over it, um, how to persevere and maintain their sense of self going through this really tough time. And so I thought it would be, you know, nice for us to have a conversation about how we've gotten over Mm -hmm. bad breakups or just breakups in general in the past. Um, And we have some tangible things that you can do in ways that are scientifically proven to help you overcome. And even if you're, you know, not going through a breakup or don't anticipate going through a breakup. I hope I don't have a breakup. <laughs> um, um, I think these are, are are applicable to other things that we may go through mm-hmm. in our lives. So stay with us. Uh, if you're like not dating or, you know, you have dated or you're not planning on dating, whatever <laughs> it may be. Um, if you're married and you don't want to break up, like, yes, don't break up. But these are still really applicable for other things. Mm-hmm. So, Kate, I, I know you went through a very difficult breakup. Do you yes. want to kind of... Um, so yeah, I, I've, I've gone, Tell us about that. I've gone through a few breakups in my life, but I think probably the most, um, difficult and transformative breakup, uh, I was engaged when I was very young. I met an older guy when I was 22, we got engaged after nine months when I was 23 and the engagement ended around 24, close to 25. So you were engaged for about a year, year and a half. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, that is a, an entirely different like breed of breakup because you really start to, you've already started to mold your lives together and you've got to really um, like dissect that and pull it apart. And especially when you get into such a serious relationship, when you're so young, you Mm -hmm. lose a lot of yourself that you need to uh, find again. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, that was probably the the biggest thing when I was younger than that and in and out of relationships uh, that weren't quite as serious, you know, you know, you're, you still kind of have a sense of who you are, but I had completely lost myself yeah. in, in that relationship. And, um, cause so, you were so young, so young, someone that was much older than me, other factors. Uh, but it just, yeah, I've, I felt 
like I really lost myself there. So that was a, a big, um, and I had just moved to Los Angeles Yeah, and it was, a you know, just so many unknowns. We broke up after, um, moving to Los Angeles. Like we, I think we made it out here for like a month. And then I finally felt like this wasn't right. Wasn't working. Wasn't what was best for me. Mm. And uh, so I moved into a high school friend's bedroom that was also out here, like got a twin bed, <laughs> like, just got took, out, yeah, yeah, just got out, um, which thank God for both of us, it was really the best thing. Um, yeah. So that, yeah. that was probably my most difficult breakup would be. I think it's hard because so, so a lot of our listeners are in their twenties or early thirties mm-hmm. and I think it's hard because so many of our breakups have been in our past. And so it's when we are in our early twenties or mid twenties mm-hmm. and you're just so lost you, and you don't necessarily like you, f- like, I think you have an inkling when you're that age. And then as you get older and you gain a better sense of self, you look at that with retrospect and you recognize, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted mm-hmm. in life. I didn't know um, who I wanted to be. I didn't know my future. And so to have somebody, you know, be cohabitating and and co-creating a future, mm-hmm. you start to mold to that. And yes, that's absolutely um, and that can be amazing for mm-hmm. some people and really inspiring and empowering and they can grow to amazing heights together. Mm-hmm. But it can also be very really stifling. stifling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's sort of what it was for me. I think I he was so certain about me in the beginning and was so, and was older and, and seemed, how much older can I ask? That? Um, eight years, I think. Okay. Yeah. And which when you're 22 to like 30, huge difference, huge difference. Um, so that it was kind of like, you know, he was so certain about me and I wanted to be certain about something. And I, I was, I was living paycheck to paychecks, being a stand up comedian in New York city, which like, it all, like just so many kicks in the teeth, yeah. like so many uncertains and to have someone so certain about you, that was like, I think that I made the decision out of fear. Like you were mm. saying, like where it's like, uh, you, it, you just want to feel stable and secure. Yeah. And, and it feels good to be loved. Yes, exactly. Even if you don't, <laughs> necessarily love the person back in the way that you need to, to build a life together. Mm-hmm. It feels good to be loved it and it's really hard good to, to be loved. Yeah. To stop that, stop mm-hmm. that incoming, um, affection, that incoming good feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. But you can't let that, how good it feels to be loved, um, take away. Like I just, I feel like I was chasing that high and mm-hmm. then you kind of are blind to, and, and this is, happens in several, uh, I don't know, but you can't be blind to, um, what is healthy, what is not healthy. Uh, and I was certainly not, he- not healthy. What, yeah. what do you mind me asking why you broke up besides just not feeling right? Was there anything that there was, a, there was a few, um, issues with his family and mine. And I did, like I said, I completely lost myself. I stopped, I felt, um, uh, and this, this, I'm not saying that it's his fault. It's definitely my fault because I didn't know how to protect myself, my energy um, mm, back mm-hmm. then. So I felt like I, I felt like I was, uh, I, I don't know. I felt like <laughs> he and his family required a lot of my energy. Um, and then I've had nothing left to give. Um, and they probably felt that way about me as well. Uh, but I was very entwined with his family. Um, and he, he was going through a lot. Uh, and I, I wasn't equipped 
to take care of him. And I couldn't take care of him if he wasn't going to take care of himself. And, uh, and you couldn't take care of him if you didn't have the energy to take care of yourself. Exactly. I was not in a good place. We, had, I think we had just sort of exhausted each other. And yeah. sort of our last conversation um, was, you know, I, I I had started to work on myself and feel, feel good about myself again. Mm-hmm. And he didn't seem to like that. And I told him that he needed to go to therapy or else or else we couldn't be together anymore. Mm. And he said that if I was a better girlfriend, he wouldn't need to go to therapy. <laughs> so that was the end. That was sort of nope. our last conversation. That's a no. Um, but I think he, I think that he's doing well and, and is happy. And, you know, it's not a reflection on on him or me. It's just sometimes people aren't a good, a, a good pairing. I yeah. definitely was not being my best self. I don't think that I brought out the best in him. I don't think he brought out the best in me. Yeah. Um, and... We just are, I think, much happier. Yeah, <laughs> separate. And I learned a lot from that relationship. Sort of like the Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande. Thank you, next. Like I've learned <laughs> so much that, and it shaped me a lot, and it made me much more cautious moving forward. Where I haven't had. Did he teach you pain or patience? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> pain, patience, all of it. Um, and uh, um, yeah, I, I it made me much more cautious moving forward because it's. It, it's so devastating. I, I felt like I was playing make-believe before that sort of mm, in relationships mm-hmm. where um, like I, I didn't take the getting engaged part seriously beforehand. Like I thought we were just kind of talking about it like it was like like you do sort of in high school with a boyfriend where you're like, yeah, one day. Yeah, I think everybody <laughs> in their high school boyfriend or girlfriend were like, oh, we're going to get married. We're going to get married one day. Because that's your like puppy love. Yeah, and, and you're like, how you can make anything up, like, go names wrong? names of future kids and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I thought it was going to be much more hypothetical. And then I remember I had a panic attack when I realized that he was proposing and I didn't want it, but I didn't know how to stop it. And then I, and then I doubled down on it because I I said yes. uh, And it was in a very performative way. It was on stage at a stand-up comedy club. Um, While you were performing? uh, Both of us were performing. And I realized once Mm. I saw like his whole family and he had like called my family in um, and it just wasn't what I'd wanted. I I think, I don't know. I think a lot of people might assume that I'd want something showy like that, but it, it wasn't. And I was in like performance mode and I'd wish that we had just gone somewhere to talk and be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just turned yeah. 23. This is not, but you know, there's a crowd and I, and your families were there. You uh, felt yeah. the pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I thought we we're going to get to talk to about it afterwards. I ended up drinking way too much because I was like, I don't know how to handle this. I'm emotionally immature. And, uh, and then it was announced on Facebook before I could even tell my friends. And it was like, it was, <sighs> it was, it was bad. And, um, it, it's, it seemed like something that I would want, but it kind of showed that he didn't know me and I didn't know me, that, mm. that, that was the, the proposal that he went with was yeah very, very big and showy. I love how you said like that, that he didn't know you. Cause I do think that's really important to pay attention to your mm-hmm. partner needs to be attuned to you and your needs, but also you didn't know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes in relationships, we can see it as very like black and white. Yes. <clears throat> And I know like I I have had relationships where really, really toxic, really Mm -hmm. toxic, where the guy just took all of my energy. Mm -hmm. And after we broke up, I just got like really sick. And I realized I I hadn't gotten sick the entire time we were together because I couldn't because (laughs) I was constantly taking care of him Uh and all like the prospect of getting sick and needing him to take care of me, I knew that was not going to happen. So I was just in survival mode for however long we were together. And I, for a really long time, was really 
angry at him mm-hmm. for for taking so much of me and giving so little in return. And and I recognized, you know, with retrospect and almost a lot of therapy, <laughs> that it wasn't, you know, it, it relationships aren't a one-way street. It's, you know, it takes two to tango. Absolutely. And, and you like, have to care about yourself and put up those boundaries. Mm-hmm, That's the best mm-hmm. way to, the healthiest way to show love exactly. is to create those boundaries yeah. for yourself because then you're a better par- partner to that person. I felt like I was being a good partner because I was letting him take all of my energy. Mm-hmm. And that was not being a good partner to him. Because, That's being, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I completely fell apart. Actually, my health ex- deteriorated drastically while I was with him. Um, I, I developed, which I had this before, but endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, my thyroid shut down. Mm. Um, and I was just, I've, I couldn't, I couldn't function. I was so, um, I was so distressed, Yeah, but I didn't know what to do about it. And I stopped taking care of myself because I felt like I needed to emotionally take care of him. But physically I, I couldn't get out. Of, I was in so much pain. I like couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. Um, I think especially as women, we, we value ourselves on our ability to take care of others. Mm-hmm. You know, we are bred yeah. <laughs> as, as caretakers <laughs> and as mothers and as nurturers. Mm-hmm. And so when we're doing that, we're like, oh, I'm doing a good job, but we forget that we also have to nurture ourselves. Yes. And I think that's really, really important, especially in relationships, because you cannot nurture another if you are not taking care of yourself, if if you you are not a whole person who is, you know, functioning and, and, and loving yourself and caring for yourself. You don't have the energy to do it adequately in a way that is conducive to a, a good relationship. Exactly. It's that, it's that um, classic air, airline thing that you put on your, your oxygen mask first, because if you don't, then you can't help anybody else. Yes. And I was not, I was like, <laughs> snaps. Um, I, and I did not put on my oxygen mask first. I was, mm. I was giving everybody else oxygen around me. Uh, his family required a lot of um, oxygen, oxygen. Um, and, and, you know, they were going through a really, really difficult time. And I didn't, I felt like it would be selfish to put my oxygen mask on. And then it was like, everyone's like, why is Kate blue? Like, yeah. <laughs> like what, what the hell's going oh, I on? I love this analogy. <laughs> yeah. I really do. Yeah. But it's so funny when we, when we broke up, um, we ended things, uh, and I immediately had to check into the hospital. I I came down with colitis, ulcerative colitis, and was hospitalized for like nine days or something. Literally just Shit. like shitting my brains out. Um, oh, and wow. I think it was just like all the toxicity. It was you were not, shitting it out. It was literally, you literally let that shit go. I literally <laughs> let that shit go. And it was like everything that I'd been like holding in, like all the toxicity, um, which is, I'm not saying, I'm not put, placing blame on him. It's definitely, like we said, a two-way street. Yeah. Um, but uh, I lost like 15 pounds. Like in the hospital in like nine days. The great way to go yeah. through a breakup, fully medicated, uh, full like someone just bring you your meals. Yeah, and that's all the of tips sudden, we're giving today is yeah, just take a lot of medication. Take a lot of medication. Just kidding, just kidding. Get, get colitis, lose 15 pounds. And when you go to collect your stuff in like a week and a half, it's like, it's like whoa. Oh, who was I? It is actually crazy uh, how physically negative things in your life can affect you. I had, um, I was in a very, very long-term relationship. Um, and I had all of these like stomach and gut issues. And Mm -hmm. I was like, what am I eating? And they're like, put me on the FODMAP diet, you know, like all this like weird (laughs) shit. They're like, actually you cannot eat broccoli, like stupid things Uh or like that, that I didn't want to do and, and gluten and blah, 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 blah. And, um, once we broke up, 
all of my stomach issues went away. Literally the same exact thing. I was misdiagnosed with celiac disease. Mm. And I, and if I had gluten, I, I would shit my pants. And then after we broke up and I like worked on myself, I'm, I'm able to have anything I want. You have your cake and you eat it too. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a big indicator of my, it's, it's strange how much we can put up with um, as women, like how much we can mm-hmm. get used to. I can yeah. be very unhappy for a long time and not notice. And that's not yeah. good. And it comes from being, I, I'm the adult child of, alco- of an alcoholic. And I heard Jim Carrey say this once that he felt like he went to bed with tap shoes on in case he needed to wake up in the middle of the night and like put on a show to, to mm. diffuse. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the role that I played in my family. And then that's the role I played with him and his family. And, um, and nobody like, that's not, again, that's not being a good partner to put on a tap show when things are like yeah. in the pits. Like I, I shouldn't have been there in the first place and I shouldn't. And, uh, cause I wasn't equipped to handle everything that they were going through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't, I, I no longer feel like I need to put on a song and dance to diffuse from a bad situation. I feel like the way to handle it is head on mm-hmm. and, and, or to remove yourself and make sure that you're strong enough to like actually move be, forward. You yeah. Move forward. Yeah. So talking about handling things, head on. How did you, you know, after the whole mm-hmm. shitting yourself episode, <laughs> which I, I highly recommend. Look, I, we've I all in, done I was it. in I mean, Cedar sinai <laughs> Like I haven't gone to the hospital for shitting myself, but I've for sure shit myself. Shat yeah. myself. Shat, shat, shat you it, know, shit I think- it. I don't know. <laughs> shit um, <laughs> my grandma's like dying right now. Probably. Like, um, But so how did you, after that sort of move forward, how did you quote unquote, get over the breakup, Mm -hmm. move on? So at first it was, it was removing myself, surrounding Mm -hmm. myself with friends. I moved Mm -hmm. in with, with my high school friend and her roommate and being around that really supportive feminine energy was very helpful for Mm me. Um, getting busy. I started to get sort of some success in my career, Mm -hmm. uh, really focused on my career, um, really focused on, um, Pilates, yoga, <laughs> all of those things. Yeah. Um, and just caring for myself better. Cause it was like, I didn't even know how to care for myself in a, in a, in an adequate, adequate way anymore. I've, I've felt like a, like a husk of a human. Um, and that was really a thing. And, and then, and I, I jumped too quickly into, in, into other relationships. Um, that rebound life, <laughs> that rebound life. So then I ended up taking time off from, from dating mm. and sex and all of that, uh, to really just focus on myself. And now my biggest thing is like meditation, wellness, mindfulness, really introspective, uh, and therapy. God yeah. bless therapy. I love therapy. I don't understand people who don't go to therapy because you, it, I, you sit there, someone, you're, someone has to listen to you talk about my favorite topic, me Yeah, <laughs> for an hour <laughs> every I, week. I, yeah, I do not understand, especially like people who have it, I, you know, I know it's hard because medical insurance and all that, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that have it covered. Like you can check mm-hmm. a lot of people have it covered. Uh, and, and if you don't, there's a lot of like cheaper solutions. Like there's therapy on like a, that you can text with or Skype mm-hmm. with or whatever it is. And therapy is literally the best thing that's ever happened to also, me. Also there's, there's free support groups. There's different like 12 yeah. step programs. I know a, like love, that. a lot of people like Al-Anon. Mm-hmm. I go to like Al-Anon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do a lot of work of because I'm I'm a, I've said this before, but I'm a codependent, um, and and that comes from from being the adult child of an alcoholic. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's Al-Anon meetings. 
saved me completely. Yeah. And that's free. <laughs> and you yeah. get coffee and cookies. Like what else I can mean, you want? <laughs> can I go? Like, <laughs> oh, I want some free cookies and to have yeah. happy feelings. You're like, mom and dad, why weren't you alcoholic? It's like, I really, <laughs> no. I really want. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah. So, so I, I think like the way we can frame like getting over a breakup. Um, I actually like did a, a little research on this. Surprise, surprise. So you love um, your research. I love it. I know. Um, Brandy Engler, who's actually a licensed psychologist who specializes in relationships. So there's a few major factors that can really influence how long it takes you to get over a breakup. Um, I don't know. I'm not crazy about the, the terminology like get over a breakup. Like you move forward, mm-hmm. not even move on. You just move forward. Yes. Um, so I like that better. Cause I don't know if you ever like, maybe it's you like love somebody, you like never fully, like, I don't think you fully ever like close those, that emotional door. Yes. Like, you don't. I don't like, I don't want to be with my ex-boyfriends at all, mm-hmm. but I still have like emotion tied to them. Some of, I, I have emotion still for some exes and some I really don't. And I think that's healthy too. When you're yeah. like, I can't, I can't care about this. Per- like I care about, I care whether about they're their alive well-being. or dead. I care that they're happy. Yeah, like, that's, I, I guess that that's happy. what I mean. Like yeah. I like, like, <laughs> you know, I want everybody to be happy, but I have more of a, uh, a vested interest yes. in their happiness. You're clocking them. Yeah. You know, just making sure they're, <laughs> yeah. they're doing all right. Um, uh, so the ways that, that really influence how you move forward are one, what you tell yourself about the breakup. So how you sort of self-talk around the breakup. Two, what you tell yourself about the future. And three, what you tell yourself about yourself. So one, what you tell yourself about the breakup, like like we were talking about, like if you tell yourself that you were the victim and your ex was the villain, which may be the case. And for a lot of women sometimes and in toxic relationships, it can be the case. Um, but it takes a lot longer to move on. Mm-hmm. I fostered hostility for an ex for a very long time. I was angry. Mm -hmm. I had a lot, a lot of anger because I was like, he ruined it. He did this. He did that. Uh And I was taking no responsibility. responsibility. And I, and instead of being like, this happened to me, I wasn't thinking, okay, how can this teach me? Mm -hmm. You know, how, what, what can this teach me? How can I use this, these lessons learned? And now go manifest the best fucking relationship. That's, it's so true. It's, um, you know, I, I've been in a relationship before where things did get physical, things were toxic, Mm -hmm. things, you know, things were nasty. Um, and it's not until, uh, you take responsibility for your part, not that you have any fault in being hit or anything. We're not talking about like victim blaming or anything like that. Yeah. But I, I really was in, started to be introspective about what is it about me that attracts these sort of people? What is it about me that chooses these sort of people? What is it about me that stayed in this relationship? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I really got to the root of the problem. You know, why am I picking these guys? Why am I, why am I accepting this sort of love Mm -hmm. uh, that I was able to really empower myself and move on? I think in every sort of relationship, finding it, figuring out um, where, what you had to do with it, where Mm -hmm. you were um, is really empowering. And also just your mental state through it all. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I think I struggled in that, my relationship was very emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember thinking at some point, like when I slowly started to kind of realize this is not right, like this is not healthy being like, wait, I am 
a major feminist who mm-hmm. tells women every day that they are empowered and they deserve the best future that they believe in mm-hmm. and don't take shit from a man and don't da, 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 da. And meanwhile, I'm at home taking a lot of shit from a man. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, what am I doing? Like I am not practicing what I preach. Exactly. And, and you then know? you're like, how did, yeah. And, and that was my of, own fault. Mm-hmm. That was not his fault. No. He did not make me live that life. Mm-mm. He did a lot of other crap, but he did <laughs> not make me live that life. Mm-hmm. And so I do think having that accountability for, wait, why am I, you know, taking this? Because, uh, and this is not for like physically abusive no, no, no. relationships. Absolutely that is a whole not. No, it's other a whole other thing. a whole other thing. But when it comes to sort of emotionally abusive relationships, and a lot of men don't uh, don't know that they're being emotionally abusive. Mm. They they don't realize that gaslighting and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. making you feel like you're difficult to love and trying to separate Needy. you, yeah, trying to separate you physically, location wise, anything like that from your friends or when you start to get independence, needy, overly needy. If a man tells you you're needy, get the F out. <laughs> you are not needy. Hear me now and hear me loud. You are not needy. You just have different needs that that man doesn't understand. Go find another man that understands those needs and can provide for those needs. And my soapbox is you are not difficult to love. No. If you are with Mm-mm. someone that makes you feel or tells you, in my case, tells you that you are very difficult to love and that you're lucky, no one else could put up with you, but they, they're they willing to. Um, that isn't healthy. That's not true. Uh and if you feel like you aren't lovable, work work on it. Talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, but you are you are lovable, uh, and don't and be with worthy. someone who makes you feel that way. You are or so tells worthy you. of all that love. You deserve Absolutely. that love. Absolutely. And I think we do get in our heads so so much, especially. I'm around very the critical of yeah. myself. Yeah, so much. And then I remember thinking, like, wait, this person loves me. Will I find that love again? Will somebody be able to love me? Will um, I find a partner? Am Mm -hmm. I going to be alone? Will I find somebody? I I was never like, oh my God, am I going to spend the rest of my life alone? I've never really thought that, but I've had moments of like, I'm probably just going to have to settle. Mm -hmm. Like at some point I'm just going to have to settle. And some of that comes from inside mm-hmm. and some of that comes from outside. I've been told I'm too picky, that my standards are too high, my, too many expectations, and blah, 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 blah. Too much to handle. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> look at that. The thing is, there are there are people out there who love someone who is too this or too that, you know, and it's not, and this is going to sound trite, but it's so true. It's not until you love yourself that you are able to be fully loved and, and yeah. in a good relationship. Um, I, it, you know, I used to be so afraid I had, you know, there's that, I had that hole inside of me. This is what we talked about in Al-Anon a lot. And I tried to fill it with other stuff. Mm. Um, and I used relationships as a higher power. And I felt like, oh my gosh, if, if they don't love me anymore, then what do I have? Like, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. and now I, I feel so sad for that girl, um, who I used to be because I love me so much and mm-hmm. I've worked so hard on myself and I'm okay if I'm not ever with anybody else. Like I'm, I'm fine if I, if I'm, if it's just me yeah. for the rest of my life. Um, and I think that's where you need to be before you're even dating at all. Because if you're looking yes. for somebody else to complete you, that's where you can get into these toxic situations. Um, Nobody can complete you except yourself. You are yeah. a complete person. Then you find another complete person and you- And you're together because you want to be, not because you're like- Complement each other's like, lives. you've saved me or you complete me. or Like no. all those trite things that we hear on romantic comedies are really dangerous, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, thinking that there's going to be some sort of love that saves you- uh, I was reading a book recently and it's like all the lies that we've been told that like one day Prince Charming is going to come and it's going to be so much better. And like you just get, um, 
you ju- you just put up with all this shit because you believe that love is the most important thing. It's that mountaintop. It's it's you know marriage is the height of success, and it's not. It's not an accomplishment. I mean, I think I think hmm. so. I think love is something that you should seek out above anything else. I do mm-hmm. believe that. That said, that doesn't have to be from a partner. Exactly. That can be from yourself. That can be from your friendships. That can be from your family. Like love, I think at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, Mm -hmm. like that is the thing that you're thinking about. That's the thing you want. Um, But that doesn't have to be from a man. Doesn't have to be from a woman. Mm -hmm. It could be from within, which I think is is Mm -hmm. sort of what we're talking about too. Like how you view yourself after a breakup, because it's so easy to engage in, in, self-loathing, mm-hmm. just like being like, I'm awful. Like this happened to me. Like I, I, in my head, I was like, oh, he's the villain. I'm the victim. But then I was like, everything's going wrong in my life. Like nothing good ever happens to me. Like this is just what I'm like destined to live with. Mm-hmm. And first of all, that ain't true. And second of all, like that's not healthy. That's not a healthy way to sort of cope and move mm-hmm. on. And so to practice self-love and to seek that love from yourself, I think is is the best way, the, the paramount way to move forward from a relationship. Yes, exactly. You know, and I think there's so many different ways we can do that. So like taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's, you know, working on your fitness. Maybe that's meditating. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's um, getting a ton of sleep or watching your favorite show, eating what you want, spending time with your girlfriends. It's so hard in relationships because you get so excited Mm -hmm. about who you're dating. And you're like, I just want to spend every moment with them. And this is awesome. (laughs) And sometimes you let your girlfriends fall to the wayside. Mm -hmm. And I know so many girls who did that. I definitely did that in, in, in high school and college. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then I realize that high, that like love high. Yeah. And then you realize at the end, who's still there? Your girlfriends. (laughs) So making sure that you always, always foster those relationships, even during your relationship. Absolutely. Um, Because it's all about being a whole person. If if you're just chasing that relationship, if you're just chasing that guy and that, that high of their love, you're setting yourself up for a very toxic relationship. If, if that, no one can be everything to you. Yes. So you're, you're already, you're already setting them up for failure. You're setting yourself up for failure. If you're not, if you're not keeping those things in your life that make you happy and make Mm -hmm. you whole Mm -hmm. again, filling, putting on your own oxygen mask, filling your glass. Cause you can't, you can't get water from an empty well. Like you need, you need to, um, you, you have to take care of yourself first and foremost, and they have to take care of themselves. And then that's when you can have a healthy relationship. Yeah. I always say- I assume. I don't yeah. have one. <laughs> I, I think you're spot on. Yeah. Um, I always say, and I told my boyfriend this, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to rock your world, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be your world. Yes. Like if he had nothing else going on and was like, Wait, what are you free? What are, can we hang out? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. I think I'm like, I'm more like that. <laughs> oh shit. Um, but like, that's not healthy for anybody. Healthy. Like he has to have his own friends. I have my friends. We have things that we do outside of the relationship. Uh-huh. We have lives outside of the relationship. It's good to miss it's each good. other. It's good. To, like oh, yes, there's nothing exactly. more fun than when you're like out with your girlfriends and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to come home or yeah. I can't wait to see him tomorrow or something like that. Right, right. But you don't get to that point unless you are a complete person mm-hmm. and, and, after a breakup can be the biggest catalyst and the biggest push 
to becoming a complete person, to finding yourself, to um, building that self-love that you so badly want for mm-hmm. yourself and you deserve, that you deserve you for you yourself. Deserve yes. And so there are different ways that you can do that. You can take a little like day trip, like get away, mm-hmm. get away for yourself, do a road trip with the dog. Oh, it's so much Practice fun. your Drew Barrymore <laughs> accents, whatever works for you guys. No judgment here. Um, and I also think, Taking a little, uh, this is, this is hard for me, but I do believe that this is helpful. Like taking a little social media detox. That is the biggest thing. So that's something, that's an unhealthy way that I used to cope with breakups is I'd like double down on like making sure I look like I'm having so much fun on social media. Mm. And oh my gosh, like I am just like so much happier now. Um, that is, a, that is a really, uh, a really tricky house of cards to build. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with going out to have fun. No, absolutely or, not. Like my, my way of the way that I've dealt with breakups in the past is like, I look fly AF oh after gosh, breakup. Yeah. Not for like a revenge body, not for revenge kind of reminding you who to you remind are. myself. Like, like you're that bitch. Yeah, yeah, wait, like I'm hot. I don't mm-hmm. need, you know, I don't want to pull myself down. Mm-hmm. I feel like shit. I'm not going to look like shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. I put, like took a little extra time mm-hmm. and put my energy into different things. So different energy into the way I was looking, different energy um, at the gym, mm-hmm. um, energy into spending time with my friends and things like that. Um, also, uh, a big thing that I <clears throat> have, have done in the past and has worked for me is writing down what I want in a partner. Mm-hmm. These are the things I have a I have a long ass list of <laughs> things that I want in a partner and the things that I think I deserve in a partner. And I did that shortly after a breakup and I realized I was like, oh, this guy did not fit that bill. Mm-hmm. Now it's so flipping exciting because I get to go find somebody who does. Exactly. Like breakups, if you view it with a, that perspective, can be really fun and exciting. It really yes, can. you are going to miss that person. You're going to mm-hmm. miss that connection. You're going to miss that comfort. And you, and you grieve that and you give yes. that time. Um, and Cry. you're appreciative about, but you need to Cry appreciate all the time. what they gave you. Yes. More than what they took from you. And then thank think you next. Like, yeah. Thank you next. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm so excited because now I know, now I know what I want. Yeah. And I think it's really important. Like you said, to write down those, those things that you want. I think it's important to have three non-negotiables because Ooh. I'm, I'm willing to, I, in the past, I've been willing to compromise on so much and it's led to so much heartbreak. What are your non-negotiables? Okay. So, um, kind. Oh yes. And that, that covers a lot of bases, but it's, I, that's my number one, um, to be kind and empathetic. Um, second is fun. And that's not, for, not everyone's is fun. It seems so simple and so juvenile, but fun, like someone that is just makes loving fun Yeah, <laughs> to, to quote Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, um, no. but someone that you can be doing the most mundane relationship things and still really enjoy yourself. Yeah. Um, and then my third, why am I blanking on my own non-negotiables? Kind, fun. Maybe it's a little negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a little negotiable. Um, kind, fun, and honest. Honest Ooh, is yeah. my third. That is a, mm, that a, is a huge one. one. Um, and if I find someone who isn't kind, you know, and, and it, it manifests itself in subtle ways sometimes, but I'm, you, you have to, you have to know this is my non-negotiable. Someone mm-hmm. who's, who's sort of like making fun of someone in the wrong way, mm-hmm. like, um, or isn't empathetic to something that you or a friend is going through, uh, or if someone that just, it just bores you, just ha- is right on paper, but isn't, doesn't have that fun spark or someone that is dishonest in the way that they live or they portray themselves or yeah. that they, if they, I think as soon as someone has really lied to you, broken your trust, that's something that you need to think about. 
Yeah, and your non-negotiables can be very different from somebody else's. Exactly. I'm not saying that that's what everybody's. Yeah. Those are my non-negotiables. Yeah, there's um, things that may not bother you or may that it may be so, so important to you that other people don't understand why that's important. But yeah. to you, that is critical. Yeah, like a lot of people are like, fun, that's a weird one. Um, but to me, that is super important yeah. just for the type of person I am. Um, and I think that that's listeners. <laughs> like, I think it's really important to put together your non-negotiables, whether you're in a relationship now or not, is figure out what are the things you're not willing to compromise on. I'm not yeah. willing to compromise on living a vigorously honest life. I'm not willing to compromise on um, having a boring life. <laughs> I'm not willing to compromise yeah. on, on having a kind, empathetic partner. And now that you know, and you shouldn't, mm -hmm. and now that you know those things, like it, then you're going to be more perceptive to that exactly. in the wild. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now you know if what you you're If you don't have that, for. you're flying blind basically. Yeah. And it's, it's until something egregious happens, at least for me, because like I said, I'm, I'm able to, um, put up with, too much in mm. jobs, relationships, things like that, where I'm, I, I can deal with a level of unhappiness that is not healthy. Women have the highest pain tolerance. <laughs> yes, I will tell you, exactly. I mean, the shit we go through mm -hmm. and like still keep on pushing on. Exactly. Nevertheless, she persisted. Nevertheless, <laughs> she persisted, whether she should have or not. Like, yeah, exactly. I persisted in so many jobs and relationships and things where I was not fulfilled. I was not happy, but I felt like I needed to do it to prove something or, mm. or so much of my self-worth was, was tied up in. And this is even in like as soon as a year ago, so much of my self-worth was tied up in some guy that I didn't actually even like, but I needed them to like me. And that's yeah. not, that's not healthy. Cause you want it. You want mm -hmm. that love. You want that. Look, we all have that fairy tale idea of what our future is going to look like. And it may look very different for every single person. Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't look like marriage. Maybe it looks like something else, but we all have that fairy tale and ideal. And I think for a lot of us, that is that like Prince Charming, we get married, mm -hmm. live happily ever after, whatever it may be. And so when something is kind of close and sort of <laughs> looks like that, you know, mm -hmm. maybe from the outside, we're like, <gasps> okay, maybe this yeah, is it. This, yeah. this is it. And then when that falls apart, you feel like everything falls apart. Because and you it, built so much yeah. up into that. You put so much mm -hmm. meaning on it that wasn't necessarily there. Uh -huh. um, and it's okay. It's okay to be upset about it. it it's is. okay to cry a ton about <laughs> yeah. it. You guys, I didn't, I wasn't going to share this, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, <laughs> I cut my hair way more than I wanted to. It actually like wasn't, I showed a picture and it ended up like three inches shorter than where I wanted it. But it felt like a loss to me mm -hmm. and I cried about it. And like, maybe that wasn't, you know, a, a measured response to what I was going through. That said, like I cried and now I'm good. Mm -hmm. You know, like getting, okay. don't be ashamed to mm -hmm. cry or cry a lot or cry hard or cry loud. Just cry and you'll just feel so much better after. It's so cathartic. You can honor those feelings. Yes. Let let them come through and let them pass. And also I find it's really important to label what's a feeling and what's a thought because some Ooh. I have really obtrusive Break that down. Break thoughts. that down. Like um, it's something I do it a lot before bed. Uh, that's a lot of times when um, you can spiral. You can let mm. yourself like really Those get demons creep in. They, yeah, they creep in. And to just the simple act of identifying that as that's a thought, that's not a feeling. And this is a feeling, not a thought. And separating them and acknowledging What's the difference? Them, Break it down for um, me. Sort of like, okay, so uh, like an intrusive unhealthy thought would be like laying in bed and being like, uh, I'm not, I'm going to be alone forever or like no one's going to love me or something mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. That's an example pertaining to our current conversation. Um, and you can say, okay, that's an intrusive thought. That is not, that's not a real feeling. That's, mm. that's a fear. Mm -hmm. Let it go. <laughs> or, Bye, Felicia. Um, yeah. Or if it's like, um, 
you're feeling overwhelmed at work or something like that. Uh, whatever those th- thoughts that creep in. Everybody has that 3 a.m. thought that yes, just keeps exactly. them up. We all have it. Something exactly. different for everybody. Yeah. And, and let yourself think it, acknowledge it, and and keep it moving. Yeah. Um, and like be like, okay, I've I've thought about that. Like next, because if you if you try to ignore it, then it just like festers. Yeah. Um, and then you're up and you're like, it's 4 a.m. It's 5 a.m. Yeah, oh my yeah, god, yeah. my day is starting. Um, let it let you have let yourself have that feeling and acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, say adios. Exactly, and honor your feelings, and then and then dissect. And then you can start to dissect them. Be like, okay, I honor the fact that I am feeling so distraught about cutting my hair right now, mm. like that. And then you can start to think, why am I feeling that? What's mm-hmm. the, what are the thoughts behind this feeling? <laughs> and then what, separating what is them. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Is it that you feel like you don't look as beautiful or things like that? And then you can be like, okay, well, that's unfounded. Like. <laughs> 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 I'm gorgeous. Not everybody can see me flipping my hair right now, but I did. Um, yeah, I do it. I imagine it um, in my head. I, I'm really into visualization and that's how I deal me with too. a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in my head. And so if I have a thought that I'm not crazy about, I imagine it as um, a balloon in my head. And mm-hmm. then I'm just going to like let it float for a second and I like acknowledge it. And then I take a pin in my head and I pop it. I love that. And I think yeah. that's really, that's really helpful for mental health and for physical health visual, visualization like that. Um, it's, it just, it helps so much to, to know that you are not your thoughts. You're mm-hmm. the thoughts that you put energy behind. Mm. So just because you're mm. having these thoughts that, that can sometimes get mixed in with feelings does not mean that they are true. Doesn't yeah. cause your my brain plays tricks on me all the time. Yeah. Like it really does. Um, and you sort of have to rewire uh, certain things like that, whether it's something from a parent that's or something from a relationship that you were in where mm-hmm. someone has told you something about yourself that you know not that isn't true. Isn't true. Um, those thoughts are going to creep in and they're going to happen. And it's 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 a constant you get to choose. You get to you don't get to choose what pops in your head, but you get to choose how you arrange it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how you, and how you yeah. move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I think making that choice is really flipping hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you feel a sense of loss, like a breakup or something uh-huh. like that. Um, but you're such, such a better person for it. You exactly. learn so, so much in, mm-hmm. in those lows and you just grow the most yes. in those times. Um, so if you're able to look at your breakup, look at whatever you're going through in life, whatever sort of loss it may feel like, um, or stressor that you're dealing with, and say, oh my God, this is my time to grow. Mm-hmm. This is my time to evolve. This is my time to seek something better, to seek something greater. That is going to help you push forward, not only push forward, but move to your fullest potential. Exactly. And find the partner of your dreams if that is so what you so desire. Exactly. And it's also a great thing that you're doing for your ex-partner. It's okay. Mm. It's okay that it didn't work out you can appreciate what you had together. It's okay if they don't want to be with you. It's okay if you don't want to be with them. It's okay if they move on. Like once you know that all of that is okay, it's it's exciting to move forward because it's what's best for you. Yeah. And other, that other person that you shared love with at one point. Yeah. And I think just remembering that it's okay. It's okay. Like it's, it's all going to be okay. And I know that is so hard to remind yourself, especially mm-hmm. in those moments of weakness. But think about other trials and tribulations that you've gone through in your past. Like, it all worked out. You're okay now. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. You're better for it. Yeah. yeah you're going to be okay. It is okay. 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 So, okay. <laughs> um, 
I haven't asked you these questions yet. So I am asking all of my guests five mm-hmm. just sort of rapid fire questions to sort of, um, well, frankly, inspire myself, but also inspire <laughs> the listeners. Literally, this podcast is just like another form of therapy for me, but I hope it's helping some people out there and hoping inspire some people out there. Um, what is one thing that you could not live without? Uh, meditation. Ooh. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> what drives you? My being better than I was yesterday. I'm only in competition with myself. Oh, I love that. Oh my God. I want to put that on a, on a postcard and frame it in my room. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Okay. Um, well, I could talk about that for like 20 minutes, but we don't <laughs> we'll have do the next time. time. Next yeah. time. Um, what keeps you positive? Um, well, besides CBD. <laughs> um, my, my friends, the people I surround myself with, that and yeah. that includes my dog. <laughs> Number one friend. Number one best friend. friend. Best friend. I've trained Tuck, Tucker too. This is embarrassing. But um, I say, who's your best friend? And he puts his paw on my shoulder, oh. which is like, it's just a completely self-serving, like weird thing that a narcissistic <laughs> thing I make my dog do. He can't lay down for that long, but he can do who's your best friend. Um, uh, what or who inspires you? Um, for me, it's music, art, nature, and mm. then strong women. Mm. Yes, honey. What is your intention? And it can be for today, it could be for tomorrow, or it could be for your entire lifetime. Uh, joy, happiness. That's mm. just, that's my only intention and pursuing the things that bring me joy and happiness. I love that. And if people want to pursue you, <laughs> where can they find you? Um, well, you can find me on on the social medias, um, Kate Nichols with two L's and two Z's on Instagram. Um, and then you can also, if you want to hear more from me, we're launching, I've partnered with the amazing app Headspace uh, and we're um, putting out a new podcast called The Practice, all about meditation, uh, mindfulness and wellness. And that will be launching on Valentine's Day. Yay! Woo-hoo. I didn't know if we could talk about it yet, so I didn't mention it. Yes, but, we um, can. We can talk about it now. I am so excited <laughs> for you. I am so proud of you. Thank you. I'm um, so excited. You I inspire know you, me constantly. I know you are going to kill You inspire me. Um, I've had a girl crush on Kate for, wow, almost three years. We've we've been friends for a while wow. now. Wow. Ah. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm so excited to listen to the practice because I definitely need some more practice (laughs) in my life. I think we can all use a a little (laughs) bit of it. Uh, As always, you guys can find me on all the social medias at Hannah Cranston and at Hannah Cranston host on Facebook. Please, please, please be sure to subscribe that you don't so you don't miss a single episode. Also, please be sure to rate and review those the podcast because I can't tell you how much that means to me and how important that is uh, to be able to continue what I'm doing and what we're doing here and and, and trying to um, have a space for for all women who have been told they're too much. So mm-hmm. those uh, ratings and those reviews are so, so paramount. And so it means a lot to me that you guys are doing that and you keep doing that. And just a reminder, we'll be coming at you every single Wednesday. So buckle up because it's going to be too much to handle. See you next week. Ah!